We're, uh, we're in a series called In the Waiting. And in this series, we're looking at what it truly means to be waiting on the Lord, but at the same time reflecting on the presence of God in, in those moments. If you're new with us, I'm Jay, I'm the lead pastor, um, and we're glad to have you here. And I wonder if maybe there are some aspects of your life where you feel like you're waiting. Like you're waiting on the Lord to show up. Like you're, you're waiting on, on something to happen. You're waiting. You're just waiting. The word Advent uh, means arrival. And you hear that word often um, this time of year. But it really means arrival. And more specifically, it means an arrival of a notable person. Obviously, that notable person we've been singing about all morning. And that's Jesus. And the Jewish people... In this time, they were waiting and waiting and waiting. They were waiting 400 years through a time that they felt like was silence from God, where God was silent to them, at least from their perspective. But what we need to remember is that God's silence does not mean his absence. His silence does not mean his absence. And in your life and my life, I remember when, uh, when I graduated from high school, that, that year, as I was graduating from high school, I know we've got some seniors in the house, yeah? Or yeah, a couple. I know my son's a senior, so there's, uh, there's that. Um, but he, <laughs> right. I, I remember when, when it was getting close to graduation, and I just couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to graduate. I couldn't wait for, for what was to come. I knew I was going to art school, and I was excited for that. And for some people, high school years were the best years of their life. For the rest of us, we could not wait uh, to graduate and for that to end. And I'm not trying to like dark and despair, I'm just a realist. Um, but when that graduation day came, I was excited, I was ready. And, and there was a date on the calendar for that. Like there was a day that I knew like, hey, on this day at this time, I'm going to be, as long as my grades are fine, I'm going to be at EJ Thomas and I'm going to walk with the Barberton class in 97. Like I knew that was going to happen right then. I could, I could circle that date and the promise of that date was something to look forward to. And so it was something to aim for. The story we're going to look at in, in Luke chapter two today, if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, flip to Luke two. Uh, and we're not going to be reading the the story of the birth of Jesus. We're going to be looking at a story that happened just after Jesus was born. Um, we see the story of a man named Simeon. And Simeon was waiting and was waiting his entire life to meet the Messiah. And he was told that before he died, he would meet the Messiah. He was told that, that he would meet the Messiah, but he didn't know exactly when. He didn't know exactly when that was going to happen. No date on the calendar was given to him. All, all that was given to him was before you die. And so he knew and was trusting in the Lord and in, and in the future promise of God. But he also, the Holy Spirit kind of gave him some, some alternate news as well, some, some not great news, because he knew some difficult moments were ahead for Mary. But the thing that he really knew that it meant something amazing for God's people but all people, because it includes you and it includes me. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 25. And we're going to look at the story of Simeon. It says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. 
It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required. Let me pause there for a quick second, because what they're talking about is the purification rites. Remember, the Bible's written to Jewish people who, from the author's perspective, understood all the things. So we need to kind of look at some things, because culturally, we don't necessarily get all of these things. But what he's talking about is the purification rites, which was Jewish law that involved circumcision, which is a symbolic reminder that we are all born into sin. I want you to think about that for a second here. Because though Jesus was not born into sin, at eight days old, he was bearing our sin already. Think about that. Let's keep reading. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. So Simeon was in the waiting. He had a promise from God that he was hanging his hat on. He was confident in this promise from God. And you have to imagine, though, even in his confidence and even in knowing that he could you know, take this promise to the bank, you have to imagine that he probably had some moments of frustration. We don't exactly know when the Holy Spirit told him this or you know, if it was just a couple of days before. I got to imagine it wasn't. I got to imagine it was, it was much further out. He was prob- there were probably moments of frustration, moments of anticipation, and maybe a little bit of stress about it. You know, like, is this ever going to happen? I'm not getting any older here, God. Like, come on. Um, I'm sure he had those moments. But at the same time, he had his eyes on Jesus without knowing Jesus' name because he didn't even know his name at the moment. His eyes were focused on, on the promises of God and he barely knew anything about Jesus. He barely knew anything about the Savior, but his love for the Savior was incredible in this moment. Right? He says, dismiss your servant in peace. He's basically saying, God, you can take me home now. I have... I have held the Messiah. I'm I'm good. Let's go. Take me home now. Think about what he knew and what he didn't know in that moment as compared to what we know. Do we truly appreciate what we know? I mean, you think about this. Simeon did not have the New Testament. He was literally living through it. He didn't know all of what was to come, not, not entirely, of what was to come with Jesus and who he was. And and exactly what he was going to do. All he knew was the promises of God from the past and the promises that he was trusting in moving forward. See, we we know so much more about Jesus now than Simeon did then. We know more about God. We know about his sovereign hand. We know about the power and the work of salvation that came through that baby. Yet I would still ask the question as to whether our appreciation of what we know is even close to Simeon's. If our love for God and all that he has done and the magnificence of all that he is, the deliverer that we know has delivered us, do we even truly have an appreciation and understand the privilege that we have to know what we know and comprehend it? Wow. Whether you have a physical Bible in your hand or you just have the Bible app, 
you have the entire inspired word of God and you have access to it at any time. And all the knowledge of the revelation of God, you have access to it at any time. Do we really appreciate what we have and what we know? Have you ever had somebody give you directions to somewhere? Even though you know you didn't necessarily need them because you got a GPS on your phone? Just me? Right? They tell you to take some lefts, take some rights, keep going straight. You'll see this funky tree right by this abandoned gas station. And, and then if you just keep going quarter mile up there on the left, you can't miss it. Right? And they keep talking. And in your head, you're going, Siri's just going to tell me where to go. Stop wasting your breath. I don't care that 71 is faster than 480. I, I don't care. I'm, gonna, like, I'm just going to ask my phone where I'm going so you can stop. Appreciate you, but you can stop. Right? But if that person really knows what they're talking about, and they probably do, they end up being right because you end up remembering a couple of those landmarks that they tell you and you get there and you're like, wow, yeah, that tree is weird. I wouldn't have missed that. <laughs> hmm. I didn't remember all the other directions they gave me before that, but that tree, <laughs> I remember that. You realize that what they're telling you, you couldn't miss it. It's right there. You can't miss it. And when we have our eyes on the Lord, you can't miss it. You can't miss what the Lord is, is putting right in front of you. You'll, you'll see his signs. Life is not a GPS, unfortunately. As much as we would like it to be, it's just not. I really wish it was because I'm a person that definitely wants to know where I'm going and when I'm going to get there. Life doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. And you know why? Because he loves us. Because if we knew every step that we were going to take to get there, and we knew everything that was going to happen to get where we are, the problem is that we would do it, and we would mess up his plan. See, Simeon seems to have had this, this experience when he met the baby Jesus. The, the Holy Spirit told him that he would see the Messiah, and when he sees Jesus and his family, it's not like they were walking in with a sign of like, you know, like at, at Disney or whatever, where you're like, where does the line start? And they're holding a sign, they're like right here. They didn't walk in with like, hey, Messiah, you know. It's, Simeon just knew, right? The, the Holy Spirit just told him. You know, when he saw the family, he couldn't miss him. And why? Why couldn't he not miss the signs from God? Because his radar was up and his focus was on God. He had his radar up and not necessarily on his problems. His focus was on God. Yes, he was waiting for the Messiah to show up. But in the, in the time, in the moment in between, which I'm sure, again, he probably wrestled with at times, his focus was on God. So that when the blessings of God showed up, he could not miss Jesus because even though he was in the waiting, he was anticipating the promises of God. And when you're in the waiting, you need to be anticipating God's work in your life. And when you do that, you're not gonna be able to miss him because your focus, your focus is gonna be on him. So may we be that same person when we have an encounter with God that, that our focus is up and that, and that our radar is up to see God working in our life so that we're not gonna be able to miss the things that he's doing because I think so often we miss the things that God wants to do in our life because we're distracted and not keeping our focus on him as much as we should because we're focused on ourselves and our stuff. Let's keep reading. Verse 33 says, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against 
so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So he says some heavy things here. See, no matter how well you know Jesus, there's, there's something special about seeing someone else come to know him. Because in this moment, Mary and Joseph, they, they probably took a step back for a second and were like, oh my goodness, look at, look at what this guy is saying. This encounter with, with our son has changed everything for him. Their joy and surprise to see how God has touched the hearts of others and the understanding of their son had to be an, an awesome thing. And I'm just a sidebar for a quick second. If you've never really been in the presence of someone truly coming to know God, where that understanding just clicks for them, it'll change your life. To be able to like be in the presence of the Holy Spirit moving in someone's life and for that understanding to just, it's an amazing thing. There's times I've seen a literal physical weight, at least it looked like it, drop off of someone because of their understanding of the presence of God in their life. And if you walked in here with a weight because maybe you haven't had, a, you haven't had an encounter with God in that way, we should talk after the service. We should pray. We should see where the Lord has you. Simeon called him salvation, called him a light for all to see in a sign. And that had to be a humbling moment again for them, but also a lot of pressure. If you think about what he's saying, probably a little bit of pressure there. Like, wow, we better not mess this up. <laughs> we better take care of this kid. That was probably troubling to them. And then he said, a sign which will be spoken against. Now, the, 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 the word there, sign, it translated from, uh, from how it was written originally is uh, really means a target that people shoot at. That's really what that means. A target that people shoot at. Jesus would be a great target of evil. He's the sign that will be spoken against, and he is also the actual person that would bring deliverance to the entire world. There's still a lot of suffering in the world. We know that. Turn on the news. Look out your front door. Before Christ, there was a lot of suffering. After Jesus, there still is. We, we lose family. We lose friends. We, we lose jobs and, and so on. And the arrival of Jesus in our life doesn't necessarily take any of that away. In fact, here's the hard truth. It may even bring more. The arrival of Jesus in your life, he may actually bring more of that. As the world rejects, rejects those who follow him, we see more and more of that every day. Can I just say, let's not take for granted this meeting together right here, right now. We have the freedom to do this right now. Praise God. Sometimes we're rejected by the world. We're rejected by friends. We're rejected by family for following Jesus. Some of you can speak to that. Sometimes life can get harder by following Jesus. Jesus promised that. He said, you will have, in this world, you will have trouble. He didn't say you might. He said, you will have trouble, but take heart he says, I have overcome the world. Yet we still celebrate. And we still have joy at his arrival. Why? Well, sometimes it's false joy. Sometimes it's a false joy, meaning that we say it's about Jesus, but it's really 
about the gifts and about the get-togethers and about the stuff and the distractions and all of that 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 can be because sometimes we use all those things as a distraction from maybe the real issue that we need to take to the Lord and the real thing that we're waiting on. See, the busyness can be an excuse to put the joy of Jesus and set that aside while we're in the waiting. Those things are temporary. Here's the real answer to why. The real answer to why we still have joy at his arrival, even in the midst of trouble, is because one of the many things that his arrival promises that is not temporary is that in the waiting, we will find deliverance. We find deliverance in the waiting. And what do I mean by that? That word, the act of being rescued or set free, what that doesn't mean is the act of taking all your problems and making them fine. Because if that was just the case, God's just a genie in a bottle. And he wants more for you than that. And sometimes the problems that we have in our life are things that he's actually put in there because he loves you. And because there's things you need to learn from that. Sometimes they are definitely just the result of other people's sins or even our own. Sometimes we put ourselves in, in situations. But deliverance and what God really means by this, that is an eternal thing. Because that's what Simeon was really celebrating. When he was holding Jesus, he, he knew that's what moved him so much that he literally said, dismiss your servant in peace. Take me home, Lord. I can die now because I've seen and held the deliverance of the world in my hands that I know will last forever. I don't know what you've walked in here with or turned the live stream on today with that you need delivered from or set free from. We all have stuff, whether it's problems at work, whether it's relationship problems, financial issues, addictions, marriage problems, problems at school, whatever that might be. We've all walked in here with stuff. And I wonder if in the waiting, instead of handing those to the Lord and, and letting his timing and his deliverance through his presence work in our life, if we're just trying too hard to fix it ourselves. Because just like the gifts that we're gonna receive on Christmas and that we're gonna open, all you have to do is really receive it and to just let it be. To just let it be. Deliverance is really only found in the presence of God. And that's what Simeon found. It's hard to believe that things are ever gonna get better when we're in the middle of tough situations and difficult times. Sometimes it just seems like the hits keep on coming. But believing and being confident in the coming good of God, because we know we can trust him, that is what keeps us going. And if you continue to lean on him, you will continue to find his presence, his wisdom while you're in the waiting. And just like Simeon, we have to remain confident that in the waiting, that we can trust him and that we will see God's presence show up in our lives in ways that we wouldn't see any other way because our radar maybe isn't up enough on seeing the Lord and it's too much focused on ourselves and our problems. You might be trying to deliver yourself instead of leaning on your deliverer. I am so guilty of that so often. In light of the eternal rescue that we find in Jesus, those, those things, they don't hold a candle to the power of the one that does. 
As we sang earlier, we, we believe that. It doesn't just sound good. It's the truth. And so instead of finding joy this Christmas in, in the temporary stuff that we all wrestle with, we all wrestle with this, but in the things that you're waiting for, let's find it in, in the presence of Jesus that has arrived and is here even now, right here, right now, with us, in this moment, in this place, in this time. Because sometimes the only way that we really see is when we wait and see. So the connection point for us to just take home and, and, and hopefully marinate on this week and really apply to whatever it is that you're waiting on is that in the waiting, you will discover his presence. Some of the most valuable lessons that the Lord has taught me over the years and that I'm still learning is his presence while I'm in the waiting and asking God to just hurry up and take care of it. And I realize that he has. He's just waiting for me to lean on him in those times. Simeon stayed faithful. He knew that the promises of God were true until the very end. He knew he could count on them. He was told he would see the Messiah before he died, and he did. And when that time came, all he had to do was receive the gift that was in front of him. But if all he was doing was focusing on the problems, he might have missed Mary and Joseph go right by him. After waiting his whole life, Simeon met the Messiah and held the baby Jesus in his, in his hands. And that encounter led him to praising God as he recognized the deliverance that he was holding and that this world was waiting for. Will you bow your heads with me? Can I just implore you to just receive the present and the presence of Jesus this Christmas and be set free? Set free doesn't necessarily mean your problems all go away. Set free means that you have the peace of God and knowing that you're that God is right there with you and that he is working his plan and that his promises you can trust. That even when we can't see, we believe. But if you don't have a relationship with him, if you haven't truly met Jesus, maybe he's walked by you a couple of times, maybe you've been to church a thousand times and you've heard this a thousand times, could today be the day that you actually recognize the fact that he's there and that his presence is there to help you through and to deliver you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the truth of your word. I thank you for the deliverance that you brought to us, that you brought to this world, that you brought to humanity. Father, I pray for each home and each person that is here and watching right now. I pray for your hand to be over each of them, Lord, because all of us are in the waiting in some ways. Help us to trust in your presence, in your deliverance. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak directly to whatever our current situation is. Lord, all of us are sitting here with something. So Jesus, would you speak right into that situation right now for each person? 
that needs your deliverance, Lord, I pray that they would lay that at your feet and that we would stop looking to ourselves and we would keep our eyes up and our radar up on you while we're in the waiting for you to make all things new. Father, if there is one here that doesn't have a relationship with you that they, they need to know, they need to know that they're gonna be with you forever one day. God, that the only deliverance that we can find is in your presence and if we haven't put our trust in you, if we haven't invited your spirit into our life, God, then we really are walking through this world alone. But that's not what you want for us, God. You want us to be able to walk with you, to walk with community. And you find, and we find our purpose in you. Spirit, I, Holy Spirit, I pray you would just continue to move through this place. We love you, we praise you in Jesus' name.